This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Bob Rorlach. Bob serves as the president and CEO of the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce. The Tampa Bay Chamber is the Florida Association of Chamber of Commerce Professionals 2020 Chamber of the Year for the large chamber category. Bob earned his doctorate of business administration degree from the University of South Florida. His dissertation research uh, researched the factors that influence Chamber of Commerce effectiveness. His award-winning research has been published in scholarly peer-reviewed journals. With over 30 years experience in the Chamber of Commerce and economic development profession, he's led programs at the local, regional, and state level. He is a certified chamber executive and past chairman of the Florida Association of Chamber Professionals, where he was also named the 2017 Florida Association of Chamber Professionals Executive of the Year. Since joining the Tampa Bay Chamber, um, they became the first chamber nationwide to be invited to the White House for an economic briefing discussing issues important to the region. The Tampa Bay Chamber has been awarded the three-star Chamber of Valor Award from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce for their work with the military community. Bob was appointed by Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives, Dean Cannon, to the Government Efficiency Task Force. Their goal is to recommend $3 billion in savings over four years. He chairs the Subcommittee on Health and Human Services. He's an honorary commander at MacDill Air Force Base, a board member of Visit Tampa Bay, Tampa Downtown Partnership, the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, and the West Shore Alliance. He is past board member of the Florida Chamber of Commerce. Dr. Rorlach graduated from the Economic Development Institute in the University of Oklahoma and the U.S. Chamber's IOM program at the University of Georgia, 
where he also teaches several classes in their program. He's also an adjunct professor at the University of South Florida. But Bob, I'm excited to have you with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love to give you an opportunity to say hello to the Chamber Champions who are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Uh, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate you uh, hosting me, and it's good to to be here to talk about the industry that uh, I've been in my entire career. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun and a lot of uh, uh, great things going on. Um, the Tampa Bay Chamber has uh, right about 1,400 members. Uh, we're staff at 22, and we're focused on our 10-year vision plan, uh, Vision 2026, that is our guidepost for everything we do at the organization and keeps our board focused, keeps the team uh, focused on priorities with programs. Um, uh, one of the cool things I got to do with the chamber for our military appreciation event last year, we had it at the Florida Aquarium here in Tampa. And uh, part of the the event to get the civilians mixing with the military folks well was a scavenger hunt. And uh, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but the chamber team had the idea of me being in the tank with the sharks uh, as part of the scavenger hunt to find me. But I had to get scuba diving certified to be able to do that. So now I'm a certified scuba diver, which is great to open up a whole new uh, hobby and adventure. But uh, just one of those other duties as assigned, I think, in the chamber industry. That's awesome. And it's a great excuse to get scuba certified. (laughs) That's Uh, right. My wife and I, we... You know, we love going on cruises because we're scuba certified. So we get to go on a cruise and have three or four different ports where we could dive and you know, yeah, see different sea creatures. And it's just a, a fantastic opportunity. So hopefully you're taking full advantage and being there. Absolutely. You, yeah, it's you a lot of fun. Water. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so you, I know you touched a little bit on the Tampa Bay Chamber as far as uh, the membership size, staff, uh, working on your 10-year mission plan. Can tell us a little bit more about the scope of work you guys are involved with. Are you standard chamber? Do you tourism? What what are what type of work are you involved with? You know, uh, the Tampa Bay Chamber originally the uh, Tampa Board of Trade, Tampa Chamber, Greater Tampa Chamber, now Tampa Bay, because our influence has really become much more regional in what we do, both from our membership perspective, the issues we work on, and our team uh, is located throughout the region. So uh, we really focus regionally on what we do. Um, But uh, with the 10-year vision plan, our mission is to serve our members and enhance our community by building business success. And we do that with our vision plan that has a foundation of organizational excellence that our members can have confidence that we are running the chamber to the best business practices we can. Uh, We just presented to our executive committee our 14th year in a row uh, clean audit, showing them that we are managing things well uh, and being responsible with their investment. Uh, But that on that foundation stand our three pillars. One, that we are the hub for business, where businesses come to learn best practices and skills from each other and build their network. Uh, Two, that we are a catalyst for change in our community, Uh, that we are advocating for the important issues to make this great region even better. Uh, Transportation being our number one priority on improving the choices for transportation throughout the Tampa Bay region. And our center pillar is that we're an inclusive organization. And this has been our plan since 2017. So we kind of joke that we were inclusive before being inclusive was cool. 
<laughs> and our goal is that our membership reflects the demographics of Hillsborough County, which is the most diverse county in the Tampa Bay region. So we're we're measuring through ethnicity, uh, male, female ownership of business, veteran ownership of business, the industry type, industry size. To, so when we go to talk to our elected officials and we say we represent the business community, we can say we truly do represent. Uh, so that's been our goal. Uh, uh, we've been making great progress towards uh, some of those diversity measurements. Uh, on the industry side, we're matching uh, right on to Hillsborough County, which is great. So it's how do we keep growing that and making the organization stronger because of the diversity, inclusivity in our organization? Absolutely. No, that that helps a lot to just uh, you know let us know the type of work that you guys are involved with. And I love that you were able to state your mission statement you know, without <laughs> looking down and reading it. And, you, know, you, you know it. It's part of your that's being. Right. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. So as we uh, transition over to our topic for discussion today, um, just for those listening, I've had several people say, you need to have Bob on the podcast. You know, he, he did his whole doctor program about chambers of commerce, wrote his, his uh, dissertation about, you know, the effectiveness of chambers of commerce. And he just would really have a, a neat perspective that we can all learn from. So um, taking everyone's advice, here we are today. We've got Bob on the show. And we will uh, dive in much deeper into the, the chamber industry research that he did as he went about you know, writing his dissertation and going about his doctorate program as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you struggling to manage your Chamber of Commerce and build a thriving commerce community? Chamber Nation is here to help. Their all-in-one platform allows you to easily manage member information, events, and communication. Plus, their community engagement tools help you communicate with local businesses and residents to drive economic growth. With Chamber Nation, you'll have everything you need to succeed. So why wait? Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more and start building. Hey there, Donna Nowitzki, CEO of Yifty here, and we are all about the Shop Local movement. We're working with more than 500 communities like yours and 15,000 small businesses like your members. We're big fans of Brandon and his Chamber Chat podcast, so we're helping to sponsor his show. But while I've got you here... What's a Yifty, you ask? It's a digital gift card branded for your chamber that people spend only at the local shops that you authorize. 
In 2022, we drove tens of millions of dollars to small businesses in the U.S. The program is free for chambers and free for your local shops. You can sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com slash demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Bob, we are back. Um, as, as I mentioned before the break, we're going to be covering more of the, the chamber industry research that you uncovered and maybe some of those uh, eye-opening indicators or facts that, that maybe stood out to you. But um, for those listening, maybe just give us a little bit, bit of background. What, what made you decide to go down this avenue as you went about your doctorate of business administration? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, as I mentioned, our vision plan, Vision 2026, uh, I looked at it and <clears throat> I knew I was the guy to put that first plan together and help help the volunteers working with staff and membership that we got that plan started. And as chamber folks are always, you know, we're never thinking about the day we're in. We're thinking about the next month, the next year and down the cycle. I thought, OK, I want to be in the best position to lead the organization on the second 10-year vision plan as we transition to that, which now is four years away. So I thought, okay, I need to be investing in my education. So uh, I talked to leadership at the chamber at the time and said, I really want to work on this program. Uh, the director, the, the dean of the business school at University of South Florida was a board member. So obviously he was very encouraging. But uh, I said, I really want to focus on researching on how to make this organization even better than we believe we are. Uh, and I got the support from our board uh, to do that. Uh, so that's when I started diving in. Uh, when you take the classes in a doctoral program, every class is teaching you, here's how to do this part of research when you start to work on the dissertation, whether it's statistics, which everybody groans taking those classes, uh, or how to do a, a proper literature review, uh, how to do an interview properly, all those things you need, the skills you need to know. And in one of the classes, I was having a tremendous, and I knew everything I needed to do, focus on chambers of commerce, because eventually I was going to pick some type of topic related to chambers. And you have your, your dissertation is a question that cannot be a yes or no question. So I was really struggling trying to find uh, scholarly peer-reviewed literature on chambers of commerce. So I, during a break, I spoke to the professor, said, I'm really struggling here. I can't find things. And without missing a beat, he said, well, you can't find anything because chambers aren't worthy of doing research on. Oh, <laughs> and that was my reaction. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, and uh, the light went off and I realized I'm not a 19 year old student anymore. I don't have to take that. Right. Professor. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, this profession has put food on my family's table for 30 years. It's put a roof over our head for 30 years. I'm going to be doing research on chambers of commerce. And I walked away uh, and it, it, I was not happy. Uh, and I thought, I'm now motivated. This is what we're going to work on. Uh, so I kept digging and realized there is not much scholarly research on chambers of commerce in the United States. Uh, there are on some chambers uh, in Europe, but they have different uh, uh, business models on how they're running chambers. So really had to focus on that. So I took the uh, universe of chambers of, of associations 
took it to the galaxy uh, uh, of Chambers of Commerce, then to the planet Chambers of Commerce in the United States. Uh, and uh, my research question was, how are Chambers of Commerce leaders aligned for greater effectiveness? Uh, and uh, that became just the research I just kept narrowing down on. I interviewed uh, Chambers of Commerce CEOs and the Chamber of Commerce uh, volunteer leader for the same chamber, all different sized chambers throughout the United States, uh, asking them how did they define effectiveness for their organization? Shockingly, everyone got stuck on that question, 100%. Yeah. They didn't know how to define it. Some would say their budget, some would say members. And I said, that's not effective. That's not measuring effectiveness. That's measuring your marketability on what you're doing. Uh, so just kept digging into that effectiveness uh, uh, issue. And it was really interesting uh, going through it. So as I went through those interviews, uh, identified uh, 72 different characteristics, uh, uh, loaded all the interviews into tremendous software uh, uh, application that helped me filter through the topics, was able to combine that down to 32. The top five were significantly greater than the remaining uh, uh, topics. So I wrote my dissertation on those top five issues and what they were. So everybody uh, listening is saying, <laughs> but tell us, what are those five? What are, what are those five effectiveness features? <laughs> in order of uh, being identified, it was leadership, advocacy, convening, competition, and self-promotion. Now, on leadership, the CEOs thought their volunteer leader was most important to their effectiveness. The volunteer leader thought the staff leader was the most important to their effectiveness, which is a good issue on supporting each other and realizing the importance of working together as a team. And that would be my best advice to any leader of a chamber of commerce. If you're not working in a team relationship with your chair, uh, you need to focus on that. And if you, you the line of succession doesn't show people that are going to be working with you as a, as a team member, bringing their skill set to match with your skill set, you need to look at how you're aligning your leadership. So leadership, very important. Uh, advocacy being the voice for business. Uh, when I arrived uh, at the chamber back in 2009, which this is my third time working uh, at the Tampa Bay Chamber, but uh, when I came back as CEO, uh, the decision had been made to spin off the economic development uh, department, uh, which are, we have a history of spinning off organizations to go be successful. Tourism, right. uh, regional development, uh, the economic development, the downtown development group, all were born within our chamber and spun out uh, to be standalone, strong organizations. But the view was spin out economic development, the contracted public sector dollars with the city and the county would go with them. We now are fully funded privately and it allowed us to grow our advocacy voice to become much stronger, not in a bully way, but in a, hey, what we say matters, we need to be working together. Uh, that wound up developing a relationship with our elected officials that they're coming to us saying, are you all going to take a position on this? Can we present to your policy and advocacy committees on this issue? We'd like to work with you on furthering this topic. So it's created a better partnership. So advocacy is very important. Uh, the convening bringing our members together. Uh, we all learned the value of our chambers during the COVID time when we couldn't come together. Uh, we immediately became a virtual chamber as everybody else did. And we kept telling our members, now more than ever, you need your town square. 
we are your virtual town square. You can't go to the town square. Uh, and we saw our retention rates go up because we just kept reaching out and contacting our members and being that virtual connecting point for them. Uh, so convening is critically important. A lot of times chambers get criticized. Oh, they just have events. That's all they do. But being that place where business people can come together and the business community can gather is important to the community. So uh, uh, don't let that criticism slow you down. Uh, competition was the fourth factor. Competition, not those that are against you, but for those good volunteers that you want and those budget dollars that you need to succeed, there's a lot of competition for their time and their financial resources. So you have to prove your worth in that loud, crowded arena that they want to focus on you and they want to be part of who you are and what you're doing. So competition for their time and competition for their scarce, valuable resources, critically important. Uh, and the, the fifth item was self-promotion. Everything we do in the chamber world, staff does all the work. We give our volunteers all the credit. We know that. Uh, or majority of the work, I should say, in case any volunteer sees this. But uh, uh, we don't tell our story well enough on volunteer Jane Doe did this at the Chamber of Commerce. They worked with us at the Chamber to get this done. Uh, so telling our story on why it matters and the impact of what we do matters to our members is critically important. So that self-promotion through storytelling is really what can make your organization strong, impactful. It humanizes a big organization and gets people to say, I want to be a part of that. Uh, so those five factors uh, are the ones that I wrote about in more detail uh, in the dissertation. Absolutely. Those are, I can see why those five factors kind of rose to the top. And I can see as you as you gave attention to the competition in the community for for resources and volunteers and time, that the competition factor is going to point to those other factors as well, right? right? To be able to show your value and why they should be you know giving money and time and, and effort towards your organization. Right. Um, so I'm also a big fan of the self-promotion, the storytelling. I, I try to get chambers you know, across the country to do podcasts, you know, especially coming through the pandemic when you couldn't convene together in, in traditional ways. There's ways of telling stories, telling the stories of your members, telling the success that your chamber had and helping other businesses be successful. So there's a lot of different avenues of doing that with the self-promotion. Um, are there other... If, other, I don't want to say factors because that might you know muddy the the definitions here. These five key factors, but are there other elements that stood out to you in your research that you found um, eye opening, or maybe you hadn't given a lot of thought to before that that just stood out that that are worth mentioning? Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna flip the question upside down because there was. There were two things that stood out that I was really surprised with in a not so great way. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, those, those five factors didn't really surprise me, but I was surprised at the alignment between the volunteer leader and the the paid staff leader. Um, uh, the they all aligned up except convening and competition were flipped uh, uh, from the staff to the the volunteer. But what gave me great concern, and you actually picked up on it when you uh, commented that I memorized uh, and I know our mission statement, not one interview when asked about how did they define effectiveness, how did they measure their effectiveness, mentioned their mission statement 
a strategic plan, a mission plan, any kind of plan, not one. Yeah. And I thought, wow, why do you have your plan if it's not how you you don't measure figure your your effectiveness? And how mm-hmm. do you know you're being effective if you don't even mention your plan? Uh, so that taught me that we really need to make sure we are aligning to our vision plan and that it matters and we're putting it in front of the members all the time and helping them to focus on here's how to engage and be a part of who we are. Uh, So if there's one takeaway, uh, besides people can uh, download the dissertation, know your mission statement, not just that you can recite it, but that you know it and you're thinking it, how to apply it and live it in your organization. And if, if you have a strategic plan, a vision plan, an operation plan, some type of plan, Know your plan, not memorize a big plan, but know how to apply it and how to how to plug it into what you're doing. Our entire team at our chamber knows if you have an idea, don't even come to present it if you can't align it to at least one of the pillars that I mentioned previously. The more pillars you can align it to, the better your chance of getting support, both financial and time. But that vision plan matters. We report every year how we are aligning to that vision plan. The day after the annual meeting, I tell the team, we start writing the story for next year today. Uh, so you have, you've got to know that. And that was the big surprise takeaway that people didn't talk about their vision plan, uh, their mission statement, or any kind of strategic plan. Yeah, that is, that is, I mean, it, it's not surprising just you know from the experience that I've seen but at the same time it is kind of shocking that that's not more central in decision making and and being able to measure success and effectiveness and, and our our chamber years ago uh was known as uh chamber du jour whatever the issue or the idea of that year's chairman was that's what cham- everybody got rallied around when they passed the gavel they dropped the issue we picked up the next issue it's hard to align people and keep moving progressively as an organization to impact the issues you want to impact if you're turning all the time. Uh, right. So we, our vision plan serves, these are the bumpers. Here's how we're going to work towards these issues. And it really was impactful during um, the COVID years when we were trying to be impactful to the members, but kept working on that, that vision and relaying that to the members. And what we were doing is we reached out to every member and touch them as much as we could to let them know we cared about them and how are they doing through the process. Right. And when you're constantly changing direction each year, every other year, it makes it really hard for your community to understand what the chamber does. Right. And when you talk about, you know, the keys of measuring effectiveness of a chamber, I think of, you know, with ACCE does a good job, I think, when it comes down to uh, chamber of the year. You know, each year they, they select these, you know, finalists after doing the, the chamber benchmarking surveys and everything and being able to measure effectiveness in their community with the, the impact that these right. chambers. So they're measuring effectiveness by impact in their right. community, which uh, you should be able to look to your community and, and they see these things that you're doing to to further a positive cause throughout right. the community. And, and of course, it, it is intentionally left vague, as I say that, because it should go back to your mission and your vision statement. And every chamber is going to be slightly different with that. But for the most part, it's promoting business and promoting good community environment. Right. And as we were looking at uh, starting the vision plan and so we want to be a diverse organization, we realized our diversity of our members wasn't matching the county. 
What are we going to do? So we started researching that and looking at who's doing what to support minority businesses. Uh, we kept digging, kept looking. Uh, it was a three-year study period, period for us. We couldn't find quantifiable research and data on the status of the minority business community in our county. Again, our county being the most diverse county in the region. Uh, so I got support from the board. We hired an economist and we studied the minority business community here in the county. And what we found out, and this is several years ago, was about 48% of the privately owned businesses are Black or Hispanic owned. That's a great stat to have for okay. our community. But at the time, their impact was only 5% of the uh, uh, GDP. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. So then we kept researching, what, how can we plug into this without stepping on somebody's toes, without replicating another program, what we could do. Uh, ACCE helped us. We looked at other programs around the country, but we wound up developing our Minority Business Accelerator Program. Uh, it's a two-year cohort program. Companies have to apply to be in. They have a small amount of skin in the game, and it's a deep dive helping them work to make their business stronger so they can grow. Uh, uh, it, as and then we track them for three years after they finish the two-year cohort program. Uh, it's it's proven to be very successful. A slow start, as folks said. Do, does the chamber mean it? Do they really want to do this? Uh, but now we're we have companies coming to us saying, "I want to get in. I want to get in. I want to be a part of this program." And we're seeing the diversity of our membership as an organization change in the right direction as well, which is one of the big benefits we were aiming for. Uh, so the, the process of studying the issue, being knowledgeable on the issue before we acted on the issue, helped us have a stronger impact uh, that we're still having in that area today. Yeah, and I think it's so important to look at key aspects like that to be able to see where, you know, these, I'll call them a key indicator, where you, you see a percentage of minority-owned businesses in the community, but then the impact on the economy and the community and seeing that disparity and being able to, to make a difference there. And I see oftentimes when you see um, minority focused chambers that pop up, whether it's a Hispanic Chamber of Commerce or African-American Chamber of Commerce, they tend to sprout up in their origins because they don't feel like they're being represented well in the business community. And if there's a seat at the table, if they really are being looked at as any other business and really trying to have that that positive impact in the economy and, and building one community instead of fragments here and there, it really gives everybody a, a place to call home and, and really that convening power of, of businesses in general. Right, and, and we talk to uh, uh, the diversity chambers from the point of, we get it. it, it makes sense for you all to wanna to get together right. with your common bond, but don't forget to make sure we're all working together as well so we don't create islands because uh, islands will just feed what we're identifying as the problem, not getting us to the solution. Uh, and so it, we've worked very hard uh, to show that we, we're we in this together with every other chamber in our region. Uh, and, you know, we all succeed better together than trying to go alone, uh, just working from that philosophy. Absolutely. Uh, it's so important having that that synergy, even amongst the chambers in a community or, or in a region to be able to, right. to align those, uh, those purposes. So, right. Um, so Bob, I, I wanted to ask if for a chamber listening, who is interested in taking their organization up to the next level, what tip or action item might you share with them to, to help accomplish that goal? 
to, to do that, you got to know where you are. You got to know uh, uh, what's working and what's not working, but the why. And it try to stay away from anything anecdotal. Be data driven. Uh, you know, as we uh, we were asking our members for diversity information, uh, some would give it, some would not. So we made a stronger push to get that information. And we got a little bit of pushback. Why are you asking? Is it because you measure what matters? We want our organization to be more diverse. Uh, and then uh, a, a great unintended consequence as we focused on that and we were more open about it, other organizations in the region say, you know, we need to be thinking about that too. We need to be focusing on that. Uh, there's another organization that when our when companies graduate from our, our minority business accelerator, they give them a year membership in their organization to help introduce them to what they're doing. So we're seeing that we're all going to succeed better together this way. But uh, know the data of your organization. Uh, how did you get to where you are? What's been your economic trend? What's been your, your membership trend? Uh, on whatever issue you're working on, how is it trajectory? What's the trajectory for it in uh, the market? And, and go to your leadership with data. Uh, nothing deals with an issue better than just being able to put data and fact in front of them, not anecdotal. Uh, and that was one of the problems when we were researching the minority program. I met with a lot of different groups. I got a lot of anecdotal suggestions and you ought to, you should do this, do that, where I came from, that, that, and the other. And I said, that's wonderful. Can you get the program information? Can you, what data do you have that you can share with me? No one had it. I said, well, how can you advise where to go if you don't know where you are? Uh, so yeah. you really need to know what the situation is, whatever your topic is and how you're working on it. Yeah. And in today's world, it's easier than ever to collect data That's right. and, and to be able to reference it and digest it in a way that makes sense to chart a path forward. Yeah. And it, some folks may know this. I didn't until I started the DBA program. We all know Google and searching on Google. But in the academic community, there's a whole nother lane of Google called Google Scholars. And it's the peer-reviewed academic research uh, angle. Uh, and uh, if, if you don't have access to it, talk to your university uh, about helping you to be able to get access to it. But that will get you the, the, the research papers that have been done on the topic you're looking for. And there's a ton out there. Uh, I know everything about chambers uh, that have tried to start in Africa uh, and uh, uh, other areas uh, that didn't really fit and apply to what we're doing in the United States. But as I was trying to find United States research, I saw how much was out there for other areas. So definitely tap into Google Scholars. Oh, that's a great tip. Um, so, Bob, I like asking everyone I have on the show, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Another good question. Uh, uh, when I first got into the Chamber world uh, a long time ago, it was we are the business organization. We help businesses succeed and grow about uh, so they can hire more people. And that's our focus. There are other groups focusing on the social issues in the community. That's great. They're good. They need to focus on that as well. But this is the lane we have. And, and it was a pretty hard and fast lane. Uh, if anything we've seen over the last several years, it's not that way anymore. Uh, we, we need to be more uh, concerned about how those issues are impacted, uh, everything that goes on. For example, uh, we did an event, um, it was late last year, on human trafficking. 
and the impact that it has uh, to the region. Uh, for the, the reasons of human trafficking uh, in, in the, the sex exploitation industry, but there's also uh, uh, normal jobs that you would see, regular jobs, where people are being trafficked to work in jobs that uh, uh, for well below minimum wage that you may not even know. So how do we help elevate from that? And the, the human trafficking connection to incarceration, to the foster care system, uh, to unemployment, uh, it, it, it connects throughout the whole uh, uh, economy. So we wanted our members to be more aware of it. Uh, and we had people who work with, in the ind uh, in industries and organizations to combat that industry, uh, counsel, help people as they're exiting, and just trying to, to work on that. So that's just an example of chambers, I think, really in the future have got to figure a way, and it's unique to each community, what are some of the social service issues they could partner with and get their members to help and be involved in? Uh, the economy is not as rigid as it was. It, it, it's impacting everything. And we've got to have a, a, a more caring approach uh, beyond just business success. I like that. It, it's going to show more of what that impact is, that effectiveness right. of the chambers to get involved with those social service issues, as you, right. as you called them. Well, Bob, this has been a fun conversation. It's it's been fun to to learn more of the, the research that you found and and the work you had to do to <laughs> to get down to this research since it wasn't just available to to research on your own. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you, learn more about the the research, your dissertation. What would be the best way to to reach out and connect? Yeah, the best way, uh, you go to our website, uh, tampabaychamber.com, uh, and see the different things we're doing. Our vision plan is there and, uh, and the measurables, how we're tracking uh, for the vision plan. And I can be reached uh, through email, uh, first initial, last name. So uh, B-R-O-H-R-L-A-C-K at tampabaychamber.com. Uh, but if you go to tampabaychamber.com, you can find me there. Uh uh, and then you know, if Googling the dissertation, that will come up and then uh, the other articles that I've had published, because I've made that a goal to get more research on chambers of commerce in the United States in scholarly publications. Uh, so I've had a couple things published already. So just just uh, they can all be found. But I'm happy to help anybody any way I can. Good deal. And uh, what we can try to do too in our show notes, we'll have your contact information, but we can try to link Great. directly to your dissertation. So Great. people want to go there and find that and, and maybe save some Google searching and, and poking around. <laughs> they can just go straight to the show notes for this episode. But Bob, this has been a, a good conversation. I, you've uh, shined a lot of light on the work that Chambers of Commerce do, and in particular with how they go about being effective in, in servicing their communities. So thank you for sharing this with us. It's been an insightful conversation from a very unique perspective. So I, I do appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you for hosting me. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry.
Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the chamber podcast course today.